September 29th, Pigskin Ken Podcast. Not too much in the news cycle today. We got Terry Bussey, five-star, do-everything, Swiss Army knife. Um, going to be going to Texas A&M, beating out Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, LSU, everybody. Uh, guys, 5'11", 185. And man, he has some eye-popping high school stats. Uh he played quarterback, I guess, uh, throwing for over 2,000 yards and 26 touchdowns, running for over 2,500 yards and 46 touchdowns, and then he played defense, too, 115 tackles, five interceptions. Uh, he returned four of those interceptions for touchdowns. He also returned three kickoffs for touchdowns and a punt return as well. So, sounds like a very good athlete. For the Aggies that Jimbo Fisher can play anywhere. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, really, really nice player that they picked up. But that's it for the news cycle. We're just going to look at a recap of the Thursday night games. And then maybe preview some Friday night action. First we've got Western Kentucky 31. Middle Tennessee 10. Easily under... The total that we had of 60 and a half gets us to 1-0 and on the podcast. Much better than that for the season. But we're only going to keep track of what we put out there for the public to consume. So 1-0, and easy cash on that first pick from Pigskin Ken. Um, honestly, I think this total could have been a lot less. Western was very... Um, was winning all the big plays. Uh, they were 10 for 19 on third down, 1 for 1 on fourth down. If the middle secondary makes some plays, um, you can you could take some of those sevens and turn them into threes or even zeros with missed kicks. Uh, I do think that Western Kentucky's receivers failed Austin Reed a little bit in this game. I saw some pretty poor efforts and some drops. So that's the counter argument that maybe it could have been a higher total. Uh, but then also you had like the big mistake right before the half. Middle Tennessee uh, has the ball on their own end, completes a six-yard pass to Kalani Norris, and he fumbles the ball. Uh, Western goes down, tacks on seven more right before the half. So that was kind of a, a back-breaking play uh, for Middle Tennessee. Also was surprised that the Middle Tennessee defensive tackles kept jumping off sides with the ball right there in front of them. Really no excuse for that, but... Western looked good. Western definitely has a chance to win Conference USA. Uh, I do think that that middle uh, just doesn't have enough offense to really win the conference. The other Conference USA game last night was between the two new members, and it was pretty much a doozy. We got Jacksonville State was playing at Sam Houston. They found themselves somehow behind 21-7 to as Sam Houston was finding some offense that they don't normally find, which was which kind of interesting. The Bearcats, with a K, had 299 passing yards, which is more than double what they've had in any of the three games prior. So Jacksonville State found themselves down 21-7, to was able to make it 21-20, to missed an extra point that would have tied it. Then they were trying to get the ball back one final time, and uh, Sam Houston found themselves fourth in goal from the one with about a minute 15 left was able to punch it in, go up 28-20, to but then yielded a touchdown drive um, with a pass 
with a pass from Logan Smothers to Perry Carter with only 13 seconds left. It was a 28-yard pass. And then they also were able to secure the two-point conversion on a pass to Quinton Lane. And then they win it in overtime with a 24-yard pass from uh, Smothers again So to, to uh, Sean Brown. So, really, Sam Houston's defense failed them late in this game. Um, <laughs> it was an exciting game. Jacksonville State now 2-0 and in the conference. Um, I still don't see them as a potential winner of the conference. I think there's better options here between Liberty, Western Kentucky, and... Eh, Maybe that's it. Might be able to limit it to those two teams as the conference champion. They both have good rosters, and I, I really like um, Chadwell and Helton as far as the coaching is concerned. Oh, and almost forgot to mention Malik Jackson uh, running back for Jacksonville State. 13 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. He was the story until Logan Smothers kind of took over late with some uh, heroics. Exciting game, though. Lastly, let's quickly touch on the Temple-Tulsa game, uh, that American Conference battle. Tulsa made easy work of Temple. I was surprised. But the, the main reason was Cardell Williams, the freshman quarterback, had pretty much his best game so far in his career. He played a perfect game. 14 of 17 passing, 244 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 10 carries on the ground, 90 yards, another touchdown, including a 50-yard run. Guy played great, and I mean, if, if, he, if we can see more of this, Tulsa definitely raises their ceiling a little bit. EJ Warner did okay. Uh, you know, again, Temple can't run the ball, and some of their receivers are banged up, so he's working with, you know, a, a pretty bad hand at the moment. So, very impressive. Tulsa 48, Temple 26. Let's look at Friday. We've got four games tonight. I want to just briefly touch on all of them, just give you kind of some surface comments. First is Louisville at NC State. Man, playing at NC State is always tricky, especially if you are off to a quick start on your season. Louisville is 4-0. They're just starting to inch towards, you know, top 25 and some relevance nationally. Very dangerous game for them, especially because NC State, man, they played they played pretty shitty lately their their game against Virginia was was sad kind of embarrassing really when with Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong returning I kind of felt like they were going to stick it to Virginia because Virginia is just not that good um but I mean it, it was a dogfight all the way they they literally won it on the final play so have not been impressed with NC State but at the same time I just know this is one of those spots that's very dangerous if you or in that situation where you're deciding, are you a contender or a pretender, going to NC State is very, very trappy. Um, we'll see what happens there. Louisville's a, a short favorite, and I, I expect a, a fight. Next, we've got Louisiana Tech going to UTEP's Conference USA battle. Louisiana Tech is 1-0 in the league on the merits of a come-from-behind season-opening win over Florida International. UTEP is 0-1 after what many would say was a blown opportunity in their opener at Jacksonville State. So, we got two teams here. Last year, they played a shootout. I think it might be the same again this year. It's, a, it's got a low total on there. Might want to look at... I'm going to look into that. I'm, I may play the over on the total, especially if I can get it under 
um, 51, maybe up. Maybe I can find that somewhere. But I'll look into that later in the show. For right now, let's suffice it to say that both of these defenses may be on the verge of cratering. Last two weeks, they've, they've both been a sieve. So we'll see. There could be a lot of points in this one. Then we come to what I would call the biggest game of the night. Utah Utes traveling to Oregon State Beavers. The Utes are a four-and-a-half-point underdog. <clears throat> so what, do we, what does this line tell us? This line tells us that Cam Rising is almost certainly not playing because you figure Oregon State's home field's worth about three points. That would have Oregon State a one-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral field. I don't see that. So I think that we're we're factoring in here that Cam Rising is sitting out yet again, which is it's crazy because it just it feels like Utah's playing with fire a little bit. Um <laughs> Kyle Whittingham just has this quiet confidence about him that, you know, we won't even play offense and we'll win. I'll tell you what, uh I do some work with Phil Steele. Phil Steele talks to usually about 115 of the 133 FBS coaches and he did talk to Kyle Whittingham and Kyle Whittingham uh, challenged Phil to point out a team any team in the country that could match Utah on the lines of scrimmage so um, you don't usually hear Whittingham kind of that braggadocious he's confident he knows he's got some some warriors on the lines and that is usually where football games are decided. I mean, look at that UCLA-Utah game. Utah did almost nothing offensively, and it still seemed like the game was never in doubt or very rarely in doubt throughout the that 60 minutes of play. <laughs> I'm really torn on this, too. You're getting plus 160 money line for Utah on this one, and I see them as the better team, which is wild, right? So... Either I don't under, quite understand something here. Um, Utah does usually take an early season loss, kind of like a head scratcher. And I and I do have a lot of respect for Oregon State. I was shocked to see them drop that that decision to Washington State because I thought Oregon State was, was ready to sneakily uh, rise up and challenge some of the big boys this year, the Oregons, the Washingtons, the USC's. Um. But we'll see. It just it just seems odd to me that Oregon State is a four and a half point favorite when I when I see Utah as being just a very very overall talented team just missing the the star at quarterback. So maybe this is the the early season loss the, that Utah takes before riding the ship and rallying. I think the Pac-12 champion this year definitely gets in the playoff with one loss, so it's not like a loss would eliminate them. A loss would eliminate Oregon State. Um, But if Utah can get through this one, looks like they have the bye after, and then they play Cal at home. So really, he buys Cam Rising another uh, two full weeks, you know, to heal up. Big, big game for Utah. I think if Utah gets this game, they're much more likely to find themselves in the Pac-12 title game at the end of the year. They, they have a tough schedule. I mean, they, they st- still have to play at USC. They have to play Oregon at home. They have to play at Washington. They play all the big guys. So you really can't afford to be dropping these games to Oregon State, especially when Washington State already took care of business and beat Oregon State. That's a very interesting game to me. I... 
I don't understand the number, and it scares me. I, I feel like it should be like Oregon State under a field goal, and instead it's four and a half, which is just strange. The last game of the night is a battle between new Big 12 additions, Cincinnati Bearcats going to the BYU Cougars. And I think this is going to be a play for me. I am going to take BYU money line. Honestly, I, I who do you trust, right? It's like Cincinnati started off the season really strong, lost to Miami of Ohio. BYU's just been consistently good year after year with Kalani Sataki. I don't even really know what they have, I, but I haven't got to see either of these teams. But who do you trust? How, how can Cincinnati be favored? I took some BYU money line plus one fifteen earlier in the week. That's not available anymore, so we won't we won't count that here. Best I see is BYU minus one hundred five. Uh, you can either take that or or um, take a point. So that point will cost you five points of juice. Plus one point minus one ten, or you can take money line BYU minus one hundred five. I, I think BYU is going to win, so just to, just take that. That's Pigskin Ken's play of the night. And let's go ahead. Let's throw on that uh, over 50 and a half in Louisiana Tech at UTEP. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Points of plenty in that one. So we got two plays for the night. We got BYU money line. We got a total in the La Tech UTEP game going over. Ah, and don't forget. Detroit Lions whipped up on the Green Bay Packers. So I guess we're technically 2-0 and with our picks on the Pigskin Podcast. Come back tomorrow, and we will assess the Friday night games. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, I can get some plays on Saturday uh, in time for you guys to enjoy for a busy Saturday of college football. Peace, folks.